Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Walk by faith, talk by faith, move by faith, and live by faith. You gotta have faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you gotta keep the faith. You gotta keep the faith. You gotta think you can and believe you can if you want to achieve incredible results. Well, folks, we are back, and I told you in the segment earlier, we've got some special guests to join us this segment and this part of the hour. We are are just overwhelmed and overjoyed, excited about the fact we got two superstars on the line with us, and I'm going to introduce them to you. We've got my good friend. You know, you've seen me on TBN with him, and he has been on this show before, and I have been a uh, dear friend of his for many years, the one and only incomparable Whitley Phipps. Whitley, are you there? Yes, my brother. Good to hear you, boy. Man, it's so good to have you again, and, and, and I just want to thank you again for having me on your show and TBN. People around the world called me and said, what a great <laughs> show, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right, we also have with us the, the in, inimitable great actor who is just a great story, too. And that's what we want to share today, this story and some opportunities for y'all to see them and hear about what he's doing. The great one, his name is Charles Dutton. You know him from the TV show Rock. Charles, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, my man. Thank you so much. Well, we are honored to have you. Well, first of all, you know, we talk about in this show turning setbacks into comebacks and how you can have some setbacks in your life, but you don't have to in that position. You can transform your life. You can turn your life around. And you're going to be doing that, Charles, soon, uh, next uh, next week, I believe, uh, here in the D.C. area. Why don't you, uh, Wintley, you and Charles, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about that, and then we're going to get Charles' story. Great. Well, uh, Charles uh, has teamed up with us at the U.S. Dream Academy uh, because I am so convicted that his story needs to be heard all over this world. Uh, He is an incredible human being who has been lifted by faith and by his uh, belief in uh, the the, the kind of life that he feels that uh, God's put him on this earth to live. And and, uh, I tell you, I am so inspired every time I hear him tell it. Well, while we, story, have, while, we, it while, while we have him, go ahead and tell the story. Yeah. I, 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 go ahead, Charles. Tell us the story. Well, <laughs> well, well, I, 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 I want to echo uh, uh, something Whitley said. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as inspired by him oh, and how he, how he founded this organization and, and um, 
uh, how how he just uh, you know came upon uh, that realization of the number of children who have incarcerated parents and what that can do to a child's mind and uh, and a child's psyche and a child's outlook. And so um, uh, for him to uh, dedicate his time and his life uh, to correcting that and um, and getting these kids to see that there's that that there's hope still there. There's not all loss. I mean, you know, I find that extremely noble. Yes, yes. You know, to spend your life that way. And, well, um, Whitley um, has been a great example for so many of us about real live philanthropy in mm-hmm. terms of not giving money but changing people's lives. Not just giving money, but right, giving your right. time and energy. And and your story is one that exemplifies. And I actually uh, I spoke recently at a boys' uh, reformatory, and I told them I was going to have you on the show because they have to hear that story that their present doesn't have to equal their future. Isn't that right, Charles? No, w- without a doubt. You know, and, and that old cliché, is still true today that you can be anything you want to be. You know, you you just have to you know you have to discover or rediscover your own humanity, and 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 and, and you have to you know it, it's you have to work for it. You got to see it, envision it, believe in it, work for it, pray for it, uh, surround yourself with, with positive energy, and then when you do that. All kinds of positive people come out the woodwork to help you along. If you got a negative energy around you, nobody wants to touch you. You know. Amen. So, but but in, but in, but in my, in my life in particular, you know, if, you know, everybody knows from twelve to um, to uh, 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 from you know from twelve to twenty six, twenty seven. I spent my life in and out of uh, correctional institutions. You know, and juvenile as well as well as adults. You know, I've. 12 years old, 13, 14, 15 in, in juveniles. I, I quit school in, at 12 years old in the seventh grade, not because I couldn't handle it academically. I just thought it was more happening on the street corner than in the classroom. And I didn't really have, uh, you know, I mean, my mom was, dad was separated, single, uh, you know, single uh, parent household. Um, uh, but we weren't starving. We weren't, you know, we were living in the projects, but mom made a way every day, you know, for me, my brother and sister. And, um, but I just, you know, I, I like being a knucklehead, you know, and uh, I like getting in trouble. So, um, uh, at 17 years old, I got in a fight with a guy on a night in 1968 on a Friday night summer fight that escalated into a knife fight. When the smoke cleared, I was alive and he was dead. Mm. I got a five year sentence for that for manslaughter. Um, I was, uh, out in two years. Uh, and, uh, and I, I immediately upon getting out, I went on a robbery spree. And uh, two months later, I was back in prison. Um, uh, I was eventually acquitted of the robberies, but found guilty of the guns and um, uh, uh, and got a three-year sentence. While I was awaiting trial for the robberies, I got in a fight with a prison guard and uh, got an additional eight-year sentence on top of the three. And so uh, they ran it consecutive. I had to do the three years and then start on the eight. So I was, I was, I was, I, I, I was totally an incorrigible, uh, violent-prone kid, you know, a teenager. And I, I went in prison with, you know, with a bigger chip. I, I didn't have a chip. I had a log on my shoulder, you know, daring someone to push it off. So, um, and I spent the many of those years in and out of trouble in prison. And then finally... I did something that, you know, that, that, that really uh, jawed everything. I finally picked up a book and read it. 
Mm. You know, I finally, uh, an anthology of black playwrights. And I read this play, and I, this one particular play I found so hilarious, I said I was going to get the craziest guys I knew in the prison and start a drama group just to put this play on at the prison talent show. But in the midst of doing that play and, 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 and doing a speech from that play as my character, I don't know if I paused for two seconds or ten seconds, but it was like a voice and a light had hit me that told me that you've just discovered what you were born to do while you're on this planet. And if you simply just follow the message, follow the light, follow the voice, I would succeed. Now, I had no idea the scope of my success, but this thing was so nurturing and so uh, 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 gentle that it was almost like uh, uh, it was. It was almost like I was being. I was. I was being led by the hand. Mm. And, and and albeit it was tough because when I finally got out of prison, this happened in prison. So I had to spend another five years almost in the midst of all that carnage that prison has, and still remain positive. And that's why I always knew it was a spiritual thing because it was still killings and riots and fights and all the stuff that goes on in prison. And I was able to kind of get away from it, although I nearly got killed in prison after that. I got stabbed by another prisoner in a fight and was nearly killed uh, during this period. But when I, when I was released, uh, I got out on a Friday and immediately enrolled at that very next Monday uh, in Towson State University in Baltimore. And um, uh, so it was, it was, um, it, 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 when I got out, I didn't concentrate on, uh, on the negative of being an ex-con and ex this and an ex that. I said, I'm going to use this for, I'm, I'm going to use this to get ahead. And so I didn't let anything stop me, you know, and you have to have that kind of perseverance. Uh, it's, it's a lot tougher now uh, for young men and women coming out of institutions than it was when I was uh, doing it, but still the same. The, the, the still the, the same values have to remain the same: determination, discipline, and perseverance. You don't get anywhere in life if you don't have those three things, regardless of your situation. You know, um, and uh, so you know when when I met Whitley and and they honored me about a year or so ago, and I got involved with the organization. You know, it was it was all about. Uh, I, I love the marriage between uh, my story and and the Dream Academy because. It's um, it's 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 the telling of a story with me doing it. It's a narrative of my life interspersed with a medley of scenes from all the great playwrights, several great playwrights that I've that I've done their plays. So it's an entertaining evening, and I do it uh, in a very self-effacing, uh, uh, non-tragic, non-lecture way. It is a theatrical telling of, of my life story, and uh, but yet I think it's you know it's entertaining as well as in, uh, in, inspirational and. Uh, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm overjoyed that that we're going to do a ten city tour of the show in all of the uh, cities where uh, the organization, the U.S. Dream Academy, has programs. So incredible. Now, uh, I know you're going to have to jump off shortly, but I got, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break in a minute. But I want to get you. No, I got to. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Right, yeah. I'll be back. I'll be here. All right. Good. Because I want to make sure they understand that you didn't just end up not just going to Towson. You went from you have to tell the story and you told it at Wintley's fundraiser. I was there that night mm-hmm. and uh, you told how you went from 
Towson to Yale. And <laughs> from jail to Yale. And that's the name of the play, folks. Jail to Yale. Wintley, real quick, where are the uh, different cities? we got about a minute left in this segment. Where are the, where are the cities that it's going to perform, starting in D.C.? Absolutely. Well, we're going to be in Washington, of course. We did it in Houston, and so and it was just really, you talk about entertaining, it, it just touches your heart and makes you laugh and smile and, and then leaves you enlightened at the same time. Wow. Uh, and uh, But we'll be in, in Washington, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Houston, Memphis, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, Indianapolis, Orlando, and uh, we're just excited. Uh, we're going to be at the Kennedy Center in Washington. That's the next one, and that's going to be on the 28th and the 29th of this month. And so your listeners, we just encourage them to uh, come out and support us. And we're, we're, we're also getting sponsors for young men and young ladies who's, uh, who have fallen behind in school and, and whose parents are incarcerated. And sponsors are actually uh, making it possible for them to come to the show to hear Mr. Dutton's story. Because hold at that the end of the- hold that thought, uh, Whitley. We're going to come back to sponsors. Hold on, All folks. Right. We're going to be no right back. Problem. I got Whitley Phipps and Charles Dutton, Willie Jolly, and for sure, the best is yet to come. All that's changed and Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. The sky is the limit, taken from my money-making music and motivation CD. And I'm grateful for that CD. And I'm grateful for Wintley Phipps giving me inspiration to do my music as well as my speaking and all the things. We're going to talk a little more with Wintley uh, in the next segment, but I want to get Charles Dutton on to finish his story. We got Charles Dutton, the incredible actor, as well as my dear friend Wintley Phipps, the incredible singer and philanthropist. We got him on the line, both of them. So I'm a blessed man to be in in the midst of greatness. And so I'm grateful for both of you. Charles, uh, you got to finish that story, brother. I know, you got Because you, you blew my mind when I heard you at Wintley's uh, Dream Academy fundraiser gala. Wow, you blew my mind. I came home and told my wife, I said, what a story. And young, and Wintley, you're absolutely right. 
We got to get sponsors for people. We'll talk more about that when we come after Charles uh, shares the story. But we got to get sponsors. We got to get people who who understand these kids need to hear this story. They Absolutely. need to hear this story because sometimes I think I just wrote a note to myself that Charles, uh, folks, he dropped a pearl on you in his first segment. Charles said, "When you discover your gift." And you're clear on your gift. You start to realize there's some reason for you being here. And many times what we do and have children see is that they do not see where they fit in the future. And if you cannot see where you fit in the future, you tend to act and behave like a misfit. Mm -hmm. You think like a misfit. You dream like a misfit and you perform like a misfit. But when you find your place. My God, something thought to happen. Charles, <laughs> Charles, tell us the rest of that story, brother. Well, after you know, after I was released from prison, I, I enrolled. Uh, I got my two-year college degree while I was in prison. They, they were uh, in those days. They were interested in re- rehabilitating you. Now it's just all about punishment. Mm. So um, uh, I, I got my associate arts degree while I was in prison. Went back, educa- re-educated myself while I was there. Got, got out, enrolled uh, in Towson State University uh, uh, in a Bachelor of Arts uh, program for the theater. And uh, after I graduated there and, uh, in 78, I kind of just, you know, messed around with D.C. and Washington doing local theater. And then I just found myself drifting back on the street corner in my old neighborhood. You know, because I really didn't know how to take the next step to be a professional actor, but I, I played like I did. Everybody assumed I knew, so I just fell into it and assumed. And then after several months of being right back on the corner, a lot of friends of mine who were sort of living precariously through me, hoping that I'd make it, that somebody out of Latrobe Housing Projects in East Baltimore would go on to, to accomplish and be something, they start saying, man, why are you, why, why you back here? Why are you hanging around? And I'm just saying, oh, you know, I'm waiting for this to happen, wait for that, you know. And and then they, I could see that after them seeing me so much, they st- the the respects factor started to to, to get lost for me. Mm. And so I finally went up, you know, I had to bite the bullet and go up to uh, uh, back up to Towson State University and ask the chairman of the department, you know, well, how do you go about being a professional actor? You know, I don't know how what what's what's the next step. And you got to remember too, I had spent from 12 years to 26 in and out of institutions, and I didn't realize how institutionalized I was. Mm. Because in those, in that 12-year process, everything was always taken care for you. Yes. You know, you didn't have to really go out on your own and do anything, you know? They told you when to eat, when to sleep, and when to do everything else. And so, um, uh, uh, he said, well, why do you want to go to New York and be just another struggling actor? You know, go to Yale. And I remember it was a long pause. Go to Yale, right? You know, I'm an ex-con. I'm still on parole. And his exact words were, "Give it a shot." They're bleeding heart liberals up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't say, I, William. I, I, I said, you know, this is a waste of time and money. But I went up. I applied and went up and auditioned. And on the way back, I was thinking, oh man, they're not going to let me in Yale. Lo and behold, I get a letter a couple of weeks later saying, you know, we can't accept you. You're on the alternate list. And uh, but but then I so I got went negative. How you know they, people don't want to help you out? I'm trying yet, I still don't want to open the door. Help me! Totally went negative. And then that same voice that I felt in 1972, that same light, that same gentle touch, said, "Call the registrar." And I picked up the phone and called.
called the registrar and asked her were there any openings, and she said there's never any openings at the Yale School of Drama. (laughs) (laughs) And I called again, and I called again, and again, and again, and again. I called so much that that poor woman knew my ring. She would pick up the (laughs) phone and say, no, Charles, no openings. (laughs) So uh, then one day in one of those cliche moments of this is the last call, I swear this is the last call, and I called and she said, congratulations, you've been accepted, be here September the 10th. Wow. And she hung up the phone, and I immediately dialed her back and said, don't play around like that. Come on. You know, and she said, no, you've been accepted. What I found out later, when I got to the school, now, no, it would, none of the students or 95% of the faculty at the Yale School of Drama, they didn't know my background. They had no idea I spent time in prison. They had no idea I was on parole or any of that stuff. Only a, only a few people. Only a few people. The president of Yale knew. The dean of the drama school knew. The Yale Board Corporation knew. But no one else on the campus knew. And so I was treated just like any other student. Um, but, they, but I found out that I was accepted from the day I finished my audition. But they wanted to find out how bad I wanted to. Come on, somebody. Whoa, come on, somebody. <laughs> so had I never, had I never, uh, wait a minute, I never picked up that phone and called and called and called and called and called again, determined to, to get an answer, it would have never happened. We wouldn't be talking now. Wow. You know? And uh, uh, so... And so, and, and I don't, and I don't even begrudge them that because they didn't really know if I was going to be attending class at twelve and robbing a bank at, at, at four, <laughs> right? You know, right? And so, uh, you know, they wanted to see how bad I wanted it. They would, they wanted to to be sure because I was still on parole. I had to transfer my Maryland parole to Connecticut wow. and get a brand new parole officer there, <laughs> and 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 all of that stuff. So, you know, and, and of course, Yale University didn't want to be embarrassed. So they wanted to see what they were getting, and um, and 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 then again, you know that, like I said, I saw that light again. You know, you, this is what you were born to do. Now just continue it, continue it, continue to continue following the path. And uh, and I got accepted to Yale, and I graduated from Yale '83, and um, and so years later, you know, just I mean, many years later, you know, 2005, 2006. I thought about, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to do your own story theatrically? And um, because what's in the press is simply the tip of the iceberg. Right. When I do the play, you really, you really understand and hear the human journey in all yeah. this. Wow. The human journey, the emotional journey, the the, the crossroads journey, the 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 the, 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 the down in the doldrums journey of you could go one way or the other, and not just oh Charles Dutton was in prison for this prison for that for that long, you know. I, I tell I, I tell I tell I, I tell the stories of of of, of all the, the 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 comic moments of my life, albeit in that world uh, in that world of prison, the characters that I dealt with every day, you know, and 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 I think when it's all said and done, you know. It's. I really believe this when I say this a lot, but I really believe it. I didn't get rehabilitated by necessarily getting an education in prison, or people don't get rehabilitated by learning how to be a plumber or a butcher or a, sh- a machinist in prison. You get rehabilitated by looking in that mirror 
at yourself and your life and, 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 and asking for some kind of spiritual guidance and then saying, to you, then saying to yourself, I really need to discover or rediscover my own humanity because without that, you still don't have any love for anything. Right. And the minute I did, the minute I discovered or rediscovered my humanity, let me say, then I started. Then, then things just things became more bigger than the three block radius of my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I was concerned about more things in the world, and not just you know in my own life. And so I was affected, and then that caused me to want to be an activist socially, politically, or whatever, or spiritually, you know. So it's, um, and you know, then it also hit me, too, that we're only on this planet for a couple of seconds in the large scheme of things. This, this, these life that we have uh, zooms by very fast. Then why not spend it, spend it helping your fellow man, and why not spend it writing an epitaph for yourself that you meant something while you were here? Amen. You, you, you know, there's a wonderful scripture that talks about what it's like to be a brand plucked out of the fire. <laughs> and, 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 and it's hard to explain that to people unless <laughs> you hear a story like this, what it's like to be in a fire but to be plucked out of it so that you're not consumed and that you're used for something mighty. You know, one of the amazing things about Charles's story is that all, just about all of those guys that he, uh, were, you know, that he spent time in prison with and, and who were part of the drama group that he was there, he, they're all dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I mean, how, you can see that the path that he took was not just, now get this, not just a, dern, a journey to, to destiny, but it was a journey to life. Yes. To life and and living life to its fullest and 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 I think Charles also uh, is doing what he's doing with us because you realize you know I, I told somebody one day when your path becomes one of privilege and you do not remember the innocent you mm. have let that you have left mm. behind your privilege will soon cease to be a blessing mm. and become your greatest curse. Ooh, come on, Whitley. When come your, on. Path, when your oh. path becomes one of privilege and you do not remember those you've left behind, the innocent you've left behind, your privilege will soon cease to be a blessing and become your greatest curse. Hold that thought. Oh, good God Almighty. Folks, you're listening to my friend Wintley Phipps. That's Charles Dutton. We'll be right back, and Charles is going to have to leave, but I am just so grateful. Hold on, folks. One more second. You're listening to Willie Jolly, and the best is yet to come. And you know, be a friend in me. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year, and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire 
inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. What a show we have today. Brentley Phipps, you just blessed my heart. I mean, you just blessed my heart. And Charles, are you still there? Yes, sir. Yeah. Let I'm going to leave in a minute. I know you got to jump off. Let me tell folks the pearls you dropped on everybody. See, I, I, I'm always learning. First, you said you got to discover who you are to be all you can be. Number two, you said you must persevere. You have to have determination, discipline, and perseverance. And then you said don't go negative. And, and, and folks, if there's anything I want you to get from this, this is that you must not go negative. Did you hear that pearl he dropped mm-hmm. on us because Absolutely. look when you go negative you automatically lose because you don't continue to fight for your dreams mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he continued to fight he kept calling and kept calling and kept calling and they were wondering if he was serious and if yes. he, so you went from jail <laughs> to Yale and then went on to become a national Situation comedy star on rock, as well as Broadway. Tell, just uh, bring people up to where rock, uh, Charles Dutton is now. Everybody, I know people stop you in the street and call you Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, actually, actually, Rock is my real nickname. Oh. I, I was Rock long before I was Rock. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> but uh, so we couldn't think of anything else to name the show. So one of the producers said, "Rock, why don't we just call it Rock so we can go home? <laughs> Everybody can go home." You know? <laughs> and, so, uh, and so, you know, I looked at the character and said, "Yeah, well, he does look like a rock." So, and, that, and that's how. But interesting enough, every all my friends of my generation in Baltimore, you know, I me mean, that's that's all I was ever called. Even my mom calls me that every now and then. I had had the nickname since I was eight or nine years old. So, um, but it, it's um, uh, you know, it, the, the 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 lovely thing about um, uh, uh, going to Yale and, and graduating in 1983, how the blessings continued, is that I didn't really have a long, struggling actor career. I graduated May of 83, and April of, of the following year, of 84, I was starring on Broadway. And not just starring on Broadway, but starring on Broadway with my name above the title. Wow. You know? And so, in my first Broadway play, you know, so um, uh, it was, it, so that's what I mean, the, the blessings were just bound so, um, uh, and then, you know, it, 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 it was a career since uh, 83 that has, uh, that, ha- that has actually canvassed both, I mean, all elements of television, film, and stage, but I've been able to do it away uh, in my way. Right. In other words, I just didn't do anything. Right. You know, I always felt in my work that I wanted to do the kind of work, and this is a big idealistic task, but I wanted to do the kind of work that advanced civilization. Mm. You know, that people could, that, that pe- people could watch. I mean, rock has been off the air since 1994, but I can't go anywhere without that identification because people were touched by the show. It, it, it was know? my favorite show. I would, I would, this was for TiVo, so I would tape it or look at it every single week. 
You know, we, we tried to send a lot of messages and, and use that format of, uh, uh, of half hour to do uh, episodes that weren't necessarily, uh, I, I think we were just so groundbreaking. The, the show was way before its time insofar as dealing with issues in the half hour genre and dealing with those issues seriously and dramatically, although we were a, co- a comedic show, but simply because we had the kind of actors that could pull that off. Right. You know, they were trained stage actors so they could do comedy and then stop on a dime and become very serious and dramatic without it looking like it was a strange arch kind of thing. But then, you know, uh, and so, you know, in, 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 my, in my work uh, from, from that point on, I've just tried to choose projects that I myself can be happy with if I watch them in reruns 10 years later and not be embarrassed by them. Amen. And Amen. so, um, uh, so it, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't really feel that I've ever been in charge of my career. I've always felt that it was guided, you know, uh, 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 spiritually. It was guided um, uh, uh, divinely. And so I never, I never got down in my career. I never got depressed about anything. Uh, I, I never, I never um, uh, had, to, had to become combative or, or bitter or bitter about it because I always felt, well, you know, when, the, when, uh, when I'm, I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get. Mm. It, it'll come when it's, when it's supposed to come. And there are times that uh, uh, um, there's been a period where I might not work for four or five months. And I, I, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I can do what I want to do. And then the, then, then the jobs would be plentiful, mm. you know. Then, but but that's but that's the acting business. It goes up and down. But I've always kept an even keel because I've only I will only do certain things and not just anything. And and I really believe that that that's the task of an artist to do the kind of work that advances civilization. People come in, people will come into that theater on Monday and Tuesday night. People will come into the theater already thinking one way about life in the world and some of the and, and the way they think may be rigid and cemented and if i do my job monday and tuesday night and leave an ounce of my internal essence on that stage floor then that person will leave that theater brand new infused and imbued with an entirely different sense and feeling about life in the world because they would have been moved and experienced and, and gone through a journey and they tell themselves now it may not happen immediately. It may not happen the next day. But but what when an artist does that to an audience, the residue of what they've done has will stay in that person's spirit and soul, and that person will then use that to become a better human being. I really believe that. You're, I think that's the transformational power of the art. You're absolutely right. And and as a good friend of Wentley's, we have we've had conversation in his home when mm-hmm. I go to visit him that speaks about our giftings and how God has blessed us to be able to gift us. Wintley, both of us are singers and both of us are speakers and, and, and have a ministries, but yet he, uh, Wintley has inspired so many people, so many people with that same transformational be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, let me say this last thing, yep. uh, Jolly, before I have to go off, uh-huh. but it proves your point. When we did the show in Houston, uh, Whitley came on. I'm, I'm in my dressing room. Whitley came on and spoke with the audience to tell them what, what the U.S. Dream Academy was about and, and why we're here, et cetera. And I'm in, I'm in the dressing room, and I'm, and I'm, you know, preparing, and then I'm sipping a cup of tea, and all of a sudden, Whitley, Whitley sang. Woo! And I sat there, and I listened, 
And when he finished, I said, I'm ready to do the show. Amen. Amen. I'm ready to do the show. I didn't didn't need to go through any acting exercises. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need to do any stretching. (laughs) I said, I am ready to go out there and do battle. Because that's how moved I was with his voice and with the song and with the power of the moment. That it was like a, it was, it was a beautiful conduit for me to step in behind what he just did and continue that energy. Well, brother, I thank you for taking time. I know you got to jump, but I want to let you know you've been so kind. You went way over what you uh, were scheduled for because you are trying to get all of this done and you are traveling as well. Man, you are a gentleman and a scholar and I'm honored and have had to have you on the show. I, I want to let you know you've got to open invitation anytime to come and just share your story and what we're going to do is i'm going to blow this up i'm gonna keep wintley on for a while we're going to blow it up tell people where to get it and we're going to find a time and a way that i can use my platform and i'm grateful i got a pretty good platform now to help you share this message and wintley share this message as well as maybe find some ways we can get this message into some of these reform schools some of the places where the kids really need to hear the power of transformation god bless you so the, to, to entice uh, uh, folks to get to the show on Monday and Tuesday night, what I'm doing is adding a, a brand new element to the show uh, this time. I'm actually going to use students from the Duke Ellington High School of Performing Arts. Wow. And a student from Howard University, and we're going to do a medley of scenes from Shakespeare. Woo! So you're going to have young kids doing Shakespeare where, I and, and I tell you, these kids deliver that stuff with a expertise and a, and a veteran professional professional aspect that will actually blow your mind. Man. So um, it's, it's going to be a classy, classy evening, uh, the 28th and 29th. Fantastic. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'll, see, I'll see you next week. Willie. I'll see you next week. All God right. bless you, okay, man. Okay, All right. Thank you thank so you. much, man. Went, thank you. Wintley Phipps, yes, you, know, you know I love you, man. You know I yeah, love you. Yeah, I love you, too, I love you and your wife and your boys. And, and, and so, Wintley, you know I love you, and I'm honored to have you as a friend. You've inspired my life. You've changed my life. You've transformed my thinking. Well, and, thank you, man. And, and you know, I tell the story often how you took time with me when I was unknown, unfocused, and unclear at your house in Columbia, Maryland. You didn't know me from, from Joe, but you poured into me. So I, I appreciate you, man. God Kiss Linda you, for me. Love you, man. All right. You too, buddy. Thank Bye-bye. You. Woo, folks. What a, what a show. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech. And I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. 
And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.